be like T-ball pretty soon. Touching and a ground ball to third, breaking for the plate, the throw, and they got him. No, he caught him safe. He caught him safe. Unbelievable. That is remarkable. That is Entertainment capital of the world. It isn't. The runner goes halfway. Oh. Somebody thought it was on. His Torres had to scoop it and doesn't get it. And Ty Wigginton, oh, he may he bumped him and he's gone. It's the TC Martin Show. And Wigginton is furious. Diagnosis. The 3-2 pitch. Prognosis. Outside ball for Cross Strike 3. Osmosis. Cross Strike 3. I didn't think that Marty Foster was going to ring it up. And he did. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. No, my goodness no. gracious. No, no, no. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. The doctor is now in. Get your money's worth. And a good Thursday to you. Opening day it is. That's right. It's April 1st. That's no April Fool's joke right there. Not legit opening day. Major League Baseball. Fans back in the park. I'm loving it. No doubt about it. T.C. Martin Show, wherever you may be. Coast to coast, border to border, happening for you. TCMartinShow.com. Ballpark Frank. That's right. It feels good to say today. Ballpark Frank. This is your day. This should be your birthday. Because of all the days, 365 days a year, this is the day that your name resonates with everyone. And you mean that because of the baseball, not because it's April Fool's Day. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it, very good. Yeah, the name. But now they got something. And Numchuck on the other side. That's that's a different story. April Fool's, Numchuck. That's a synonym right there. Yeah, a yeah. Synonym. Not cinnamon like your favorite dancer at your favorite spot. There you go. Yeah, that's it. All right. I used to like cinnamon on toast. I love cinnamon. Are you kidding me? Cinnamon on toast? On stage? Cinnamon rolls? Yeah. Oh, like the best. Rolls? The best. The best. Love cinnamon on anything. No doubt about it. Not a big fan when they put too much frosting on them, though. Understand. I'm with you on that. See, you know? I am not an excess guy. I don't like excess frosting. I don't like excess you know, sweetness, excess sour. Just not an excess guy. But I kind of did like in excess. Moderation, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, you liked in excess, yeah, but not. In, right. Yeah. But not excess. Exactly. Okay. All right. Great stuff, man. All right. Uh, today, opening day, Major League Baseball. Going to visit with our good friend Chris Bazio, the uh, former pitcher and, of course, pitching coach uh, with the uh, Chicago Cubs. Think about that. Five years ago, he started that season, that 2016 season, the Cubs won the World Series. First time in 108 years. So. A little bit of an anniversary for Boz, you know, five years. Not to the date they won it, but the, right. the, the season. from the season. Yeah, yeah. So The magical season on the north side mm-hmm. of Chicago. Absolutely, definitely magical season. So we'll get some uh, thoughts uh, from Chris Bozio on that. T.J. Reeves will join us from Tampa Bay. We'll talk to him regarding the Final Four as well as the Tampa Bay Rays, your uh, defending American League champions, and didn't win the World Series, but... Gave the Dodgers all they could handle, as we remember in that last uh, World Series that we had in the shortened season last year. So T.J. Reeves will join us. We'll get a chance to talk with him and our good friend Chuck Esposito over at Sunset Station as we talk about the atmosphere in the book 
as we get ready for the final four on Saturday, championship game on Monday. And we'll talk uh, to Chuck about where the money's going here in the final four of the two games on Saturday. Tampa Bay Rays might also be the team with your least favorite hat of anybody in the uh, league. I know you can't stand the one with the uh, with the the ugly one with the I guess I guess the ray on it. Yeah, what is it? it is it is it a fish? Is it what what is it? You know, it's not a marlin, but it's it's a ray. Yeah, I, I know I, it's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's not Superman. But I don't know if it's a. I, I, I'm guessing it's a ray. But yeah, not not a big fan of that hat myself. But yeah, opening day baseball and you know uh, fans in the stands and that. But once again. Unfortunately, one of the other realities is we've already had a reminder that we are not through with COVID yet, although a lot of people are acting like we are, that other things are still going on. So uh, COVID has already once again reared its ugly head at the beginning of the baseball season. Yeah, it has. Craziness as the Nationals game today uh, postponed due due to COVID. Uh, They know at least one player tested positive for COVID, and then another four players – or quarantine for uh, you know contact tracing. So here it is. We thought, okay, you know, we really didn't hear too many stories during spring training about COVID getting people, and here it is, opening day, and we're getting. It. And if you remember, once baseball started again last year in the shortened schedule, the Nationals were one of the first teams that were affected by it last year. Remember, on opening day, uh, Juan Soto was scheduled to start, and then he got a positive test like an hour before the first pitch, and then he was missed the first week of the season. And then, of course, we had all the problems with the Cardinals and, and you know, Mets and, and several other teams as well, too. Yeah, so. baseball was a mess last year. Hopefully, uh, the, you know, this will be uh, the only instance this year. I don't know that that will be the case, but hopefully they'll be down to a minimum and, uh, you know, things will get rolling again. But but just this reminder, too, you know, and because I know the vaccine's out there and people are acting like everything's better and, you know, the sun is shining again and the world is back to normal and everything. If you have COVID and you know you have COVID, stay the hell home. Stay home. Don't go out and infect others. Don't get in other people's faces. Don't come up and hand them stuff. Stay home. Well put. That's frustrating, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Stay safe, everybody. Get vaccinated. That's the message right there. Call Dr. Christina. There you go. Look up. All right. Uh, By the way, speaking of that, did you hear about that plant in Baltimore that messed up all the vaccinations from Johnson & Johnson? 15 million vaccinations, they put the wrong chemicals together and had to throw out all of the vaccines. So now there might be a little bit of lull in some respects about getting some of the vaccines out in that from Johnson & Johnson, the one-and-done deal. Wow. The, the, the factory screwed up 15 million vials of the vaccine. How the hell does that happen? And I don't ever wish for people to lose their job. But somebody there needs to lose their job. <laughs> Is that going to affect me getting my uh, vaccination, my, I, my J&J vaccination if next you week? Were, if you were getting it and it was giving shit from that particular factory, then yes. Uh, 15 million. That's a huge. Think of that about that. Yeah. 15 million. I saw that on the news and I looked it up again today like, did I see that or did I dream it? Nope. It's there. It's a story. It's real. Not April Fool's. No. no unfortunately yeah. not because an we April know, Fool's we, we, know, we know a lot of uh, friends, colleagues out there doing a lot of April Fool's stuff here today. Yeah. Unfortunately, this was actually last night when it wasn't April Fool's yeah. yet. So, yeah, I saw the story. But, yeah, 15 million vaccinations completely messed up and ruined and had to be basically thrown in the garbage or down the drain or whatever they do with it. So. Man, sad.
That is ridiculous. All right. Well, on a positive spot, like yes, I said. Yes, yes. Let's get positive. Again. Major League Baseball opening day today. You got to love it. We already have two finals in the books already as the Blue Jays defeated the Yankees 3-2 to two in 10 innings. That uh, was a good game. I was watching a lot of that. It yeah. was 2-2 forever, yeah, yeah. obviously. 3-2 it ended in yep. extra. So. Randall Gridchuk hit a home or actually uh, doubled. Uh, to deep right to uh, score the game-winning run for the Blue Jays in the top of the 10th to defeat the Yankees in the Bronx. Final there, 3-2. And the Tigers defeat the Cleveland Indians 3-2 today in a snowstorm, my friend. That was interesting. Did did you see any highlights that game? Yes, I did. I I saw the homer by Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, the homer that he slides in a second because he doesn't know it's out of the park because it's a snowstorm. And, And by the way, guess who's celebrating today? Chris Wynn's Tigers are over 500. They're undefeated this year. Stop the presses. They're 1-0. and End the They're... season now, though, if yeah. you're a Tiger fan. Come on. Tiger fans, you're 1-0. You're in first place. Congratulations. Season over. That's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. one, and, one and done. <laughs> so we mentioned the Nationals-Mets game postponed today. And uh, also we had a, a rainout today as well with the Orioles and the Red Sox where they built in the, the makeup day. And I really don't like that when we have opening days on Thursday, but then you don't play again on Friday. And Major League Baseball will tell you it's there because, well, in case we have bad weather, then we have an off day. Well, what if the weather's fine and we're playing? Let's keep that mojo running. I don't want to have an opening day and then have an off day, especially have an off day on a Friday. You never have an off day on a Friday. There is never an off day on a Friday. You play every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No off days. And obviously it's a foolproof, a foolproof plan because n- there's never bad weather back-to-back days anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you know that if there's bad weather one day, it's, it's going to be pristine the next. All right, let's talk a little Major League Baseball opening day and bring in our good friend Chris Bosio, the uh, former pitcher himself, the author of a no-no back in the day, and, of course, great uh, career as a pitching coach, of course, those Chicago Cubs. And uh, we were just talking, Boz. Hey, uh, we're five years uh, the anniversary of uh, the season that uh, you got that uh, World Series championship ring. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm actually I'm sitting here watching the Pirates and the Cubbies right now, and it's incredible just to see people back in the stands. But uh, brings back a lot of memories. All right, Chris. So here's what we got, man. We got uh, opening day, uh, just a couple hours into it, we see Miguel Cabrera hit the season's first homer in a snowstorm. Uh, rookie Key Brian Hayes, uh, the son of Charlie Hayes, which is a guy uh, you know very well, uh, hits one deep into the wind that nearly goes onto Waveland Avenue at Wrigley. Jays and Yankees are exchanging home runs. Uh, first game postponed due to weather. We saw that in a game postponed due to COVID. Just when I was starting to get all positive and then COVID strikes us again. It's opening day, my friend. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Welcome to baseball, 2021. Here we go. Oh, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a, a little of a lot, and you're just getting a taste just with the games. And this is just what not even, you know, 30 percent of the games. There's a lot of stuff going on already. So, uh, you know, a lot of excitement going on all the way through tonight. Yeah, looking forward to, uh, to seeing our boy Dusty Baker and the Astros uh, take it on the A's tonight in Oakland. Uh, looking forward uh, to that little rematch of their. Um, you know, series last year in the playoffs. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about opening day, uh, all this stuff here. I, I you know I love opening day, 
I mean, it should be a national holiday. Whether you're watching the games on TV or listening to the radio, but where it really hit me, Boz, and I know you can relate to this, is that you know I'm, I'm strolling through my radio as I'm driving in today, and I'm listening to the Cubs game. I'm getting a chance to hear Pat Hughes from Wrigley Field talking about it's, it's 30 degrees, but it feels like 26. Uh, the sun is out. Of course, the ivy is totally brown, which you know all about those opening days at Wrigley. And then flipping the dial, and then I get to listen to our man uh, Bob Euchre broadcasting uh, the Brewers game, hearing some classic radio voices, opening day, first day of April. You just got to love that. You know, both of those guys have a special place in my heart. When I was a brewer, Yuki used to grab my glove and throw batting practice with it all the time. Um, I'll just say he liked the feel of the glove. Yeah, he liked that, Hughes, Rawlings, Pat, that Rawlings glove of yours. There it is. That, yeah, let's just keep it there. Okay. But Pat Hughes, Pat Hughes was, was with us, as you know, with the Brewers and then went on to the Cubs, and I followed him there. And right. this guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday, as, as well as you can – you know, I've had the pleasure of, you know, being with both of those guys and just just quality, quality baseball people. So let me get some opening day memories from you. Uh, best and worst moments of opening day, whether it's a, a player as a coach. And again, you've had a lot of cold weather opening days as both a player in Milwaukee and a, and a coach, you know, with the Cubs. Uh, just Just give us some some random memories that you have when you think of opening day. Oh boy, I, I think it was. I want to, 1987. We're up in Toronto at Exhibition Stadium, and the plumbing froze. We couldn't shower after the game. <laughs> this is what I love, right here. See, there we go. I mean, it was classic. You know, they said they said it was around freezing, but had to have been 25, 26 degrees. And every time there was a, a pop up that hit the ground, it bounced two feet, you know, higher in the air, and. That was probably one of the coldest I've ever been in my life, and I could not believe that I missed that day. I got to pitch the next day in Detroit where the the plumbing froze as well, you know, in Old Tiger Stadium. But the bad thing about that is there is a urinal that's right there in the visitor's dugout, old school. (laughs) And when that thing froze, it, it kind of backed up, so we had that smell for that entire series for the Tigers game. <laughs> Unbelievable. I had, I've never seen grown men wear, you know, so many pair of nylons and they were putting, you know, red hot Vaseline all over their bodies. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, man, you gotta, you gotta be a mutter, man. You gotta be able to play in this weather for about six weeks. I'm like six weeks. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, couple Easter Sundays during the season in the Midwest, we'd get snow back there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy about that is, is, you know, you guys had your spring training in Arizona, and, you know, you're getting, you know, basically 70-degree weather the whole time, and then all of a sudden, boom, opening day when it really counts, boom, you're thrown into 30-degree weather. And, again, bad plumbing, frozen urinals. No good, man. No, no good. It was a huge advantage for us with the Milwaukee Brewers. We, we learned how to play in it. I, I, and I'll say this, you know, spring training, when I came up with Bamberger, when we had any wet days, he always made us go out there and practice. Normally, you know, pack it in and, hey, we got rained out. Does everybody show up tomorrow? No, they made us practice in the bad weather because they knew that's what we were going to get up in Milwaukee. 
And it was interesting because when I signed as a free agent leaving the Brewers, Lou Pinella and had that conversation. He goes, what do you think this, this team's missing? I said, every time they go on the road, I'm talking about the Seattle Mariners, they get their, their pants kicked in because they're so used to playing inside a stadium. I said, we're going to have to play in some bad weather, Coach. Get used to it. And I said, it starts in spring training. Night practices, if you have lights, when we have rain and it's cold, you got to get out and practice in it because that's what you're going to have in Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, Baltimore, Toronto. You know, they're going to make you play in that. That's, they think that's their advantage, especially against a Seattle Mariner club that's used to, you know, 72-degree air conditioning. <laughs> Classic stuff, man. Chris Bosio joins us, uh, the former pitcher and, of course, pitching coach with the Cubs on that 2016 World Series team. Now, Chris, when it comes to that kind of stuff, we always hear like in football about when there's different weather or different field conditions about wearing the right shoes and things like that. In baseball, if it's raining or it's snowing or it's sunny and it's beautiful out, um, are, are there different spikes or anything for the fields? Or is it you, you just pretty much go out there and you try to be a little bit more careful and not slip and slide too much? Well, that's the thing. You, you know, a lot of guys just play, we always use the cliche, like your hair's on fire. You can't do that. When the weather's like that, first of all, injury, you know, and Mulder and Jan always said, look, you got to be able to play at about a 90% level under control, but just stuff, just enough to step on it when you need to. You don't want to be too relaxed because if you're too relaxed, you know, you're going to almost be defensive, but always have that edge and be able to have that extra add on your fastball or that extra burst in your step when you need it in base running or covering first or, or trying to score, you know, and they talk about that all the time. And it's true because it, the game flows at different levels of exertion with energy. And that's what I, that's what I learned most about playing in inclement weather. You know, you, you know, when you played in Milwaukee, obviously it was pre Miller park. So it was County stadium. So you, you had some very cold days there, obviously, even with, uh, the Cubs, as a pitching coach there, you had some very, very cold, uh, windy days, you know, snowy days as well, too. And I, I here's a little flashback for you, which you can relate to. Uh, you know, when I w- uh, moved to Green Bay in 2003, one of the traditions that we had, we would go and cover uh, and do I would do a live remote at Miller Park on opening day. And uh, I remember driving down one of the first years that I moved there, and it, it's It's snowing. And I'm going, this is insane. And then there are people tailgating in the parking lot in the in a snowstorm, but we're still playing because at Miller Park they had the roof. And you go inside and they're like, this is crazy. So for a guy like you that played at County Stadium and all that sort of thing, and then going back later as, as a coach at, at, at Miller Park, it, it's strange. But for me, again, seeing indoor baseball, and you played in the Kingdom, that's weird enough. But going to the park – in a snowstorm, and knowing that you can wear short sleeves inside that same day is crazy. You know, Bud Selig, I give him all the credit. I'll never forget, in 1992, we were chasing Toronto, and we ended up finishing two games behind them in the year they won their first World Series. And we ended up losing a couple games because of some rainouts short where we ended up get losing he said this will never happen again in his book the team that wins 92 games in the american league east deserves to go to the playoffs well i re- i remember like it was yesterday when he was talking to us in the clubhouse about it but i never really thought about it until he did it 
where the Brewers go to the National League, number one, and they go to a dome stadium to take care of the fans, and they said they'll never lose you know, another game because of, of the weather. Two huge things. And then on top of that, he takes care of the teams that win 90 to 92 games with this thing called the wild card. So <laughs> Mr. Steeler's got a really good spot in my heart. You know, forever he'll be known for many, many great things. But for me, he was a good friend, a great owner, and an innovator. He really was. One of the things about when you're pitching, obviously you're scouting the other team and you have your charts and you know what you're going to do on the mound. Do you alter that or tinker a little bit because of weather conditions sometimes? For instance, when it is cold, I remember growing up in the suburbs of Chicago and playing baseball early on in high school and that, and when a pitch got inside and you had that wooden bat and it went on the handle, that stung like hell when it hit you. So did you throw a little bit more inside? Did you try to take advantage of those conditions and make batters a little bit more uncomfortable in the box? The one thing I learned early about pitching in Major League Baseball is that the pitchers were always a little ahead of the hitters as far as breaking balls, not so much in velocity. Major League Baseball guys are drafted to hit fastballs. And Pete Bukovic said, because if you can get the jump on these guys with your, your cutter and your slider, it might take them till June to catch up with you. And that's why I had such great Aprils and Mays coming out of the gate because I would spin them to death until they'd figure it out and they'd find their stroke where now they got to go to right center on me. But most of the time they're pulling off and they're getting one on the end. Getting one on the end of the bat sometimes is more painful than getting one on your fingers and breaking your bat. Chris Bosio joins us. We're talking a little Major League Baseball opening day today. It's like a national holiday for us baseball lovers, no question about it. So, Boz, uh, talk a little bit about the the opening days here, uh, who are you looking at? And we'll get into season previews and all that kind of stuff. But just who's piquing your interest? I know you've been watching games all morning, but who are you really curious to look at uh, going forward here? You know, the team that really has got my attention um, is San Diego. Let's say this right now because we had the breaking news last year with Bosio. He threw it out right after the pandemic. We started playing ball. He said, watch out for those Florida Marlins or Miami Marlins, right? So yeah, we, 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 when, you're, when you're talking now, man, we're listening. All right, so the floor is definitely yours. Well, with especially the moves they made with the three starters. You know, I, I honestly, I don't know if it's going to be good or if it's going to be bad. I'm, 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 I'm just not all in on that. I think for long shots, you know, is, is Washington a long shot because they're two years removed from a World Series? I don't think so. But I think they could, they've got the biggest chance for a, a turnaround season, especially after what happened last year. You know, if, that's, if we're going turnaround seasons, I think, I think Washington's got the best chance because of what they had to go through, you know, last year. But there's so many good storylines. The fact that they're on back on the field. And this is the other thing. You know, it's a different game. When there's, there's fans in the stands and the media's around again, you know, it's different. So the players that really struggled last year, think about it, were some of our, our biggest stars. These guys thrive on those moments. So look for the guys that struggled as well to have bounce back years. And I was going to ask you this. With fans back in the ballpark, and it's, it's limited. I mean, some, some parks are only going to have maybe five to you know 10,000 fans at most. 
Does today feel like an opening day for you? Does it feel like a regular one like in years past? Or is it still just not there yet? Not there yet. Yeah. I'm not there yet because of this. I'm looking right now. Pittsburgh's up 5-2, guy on second two outs. Hayes is back up. And the, the, it's just the spacing. It just doesn't feel right yet. When you start seeing, you know, 19 of the 21 seats behind home plate filled in, people comfortable, it just still kind of looks uneasy. But then again, you know, let's wait for our first walk-off of 2021 today. Someone's probably going to get it, and we're going to be going, wow, that's really, that was really cool to watch. It's really cool to see you know, as we come back. But, you know, the, you know another TC, you, know, you guys know this. You guys played sports. With, when you have big crowds, the players perform off the sound of the stadiums. When you're at home, you know, the anticipation of that strikeout, you can get hitters to do some pretty crazy things, you know, either at home or on the road when the crowd gets involved because some guys feel more pressure that they have to swing. Some guys refuse to swing because they're like, I don't think this pitcher can throw strikes. So learning how to play back with that crowd again to your advantage or disadvantage, that's a huge step moving forward for these guys. Mm -hmm. When it comes to opening day as a player, you know, the media always says, you know, everybody's 0-0, the expectations and aspirations are high for the season, whether you're on a contender or not. What is it really like? Because if you're on a good team, you know that you're on a team that, you know, there's expectations but also a lot of promise. And if you're on a team that's not so good, you probably have an idea about that too. Or is it the same thing when you go out there and you go, it's opening day, let's make it happen and see if we got 162 games to figure this out and make some magic this year? You know, one of the best sports psychologists we had was Dr. Curtis when I was with the Brewers, and he put it to me this way. And I wasn't a huge sports psychology guy, but I, I related to stuff in numbers because of scouting reports. And, I mean, I could still tell you how to pitch guys and some guys, I still can't remember their name, but I can tell you how to pitch them. What counts? Everything. And he always said, look at it this way. Always try to win two out of three. Always try to win four out of seven. Try to win the week. Always try to win in increments of 10. Never look further than 10. And he goes, you might have one of those one and nine stretches. Put it behind you. And if you got the one early, then try to get another win and get back on track. And if you got it late, look at that as a start of something and try to go two out of three or if it's one out of three. But you got to start somewhere and don't put too much pressure on yourself. And it's the same thing like pitching. Two of your first three pitches have to be strikes. If you have trouble walking, guys, don't think that you have four balls. Tell, them, tell yourself at three balls, I walked this guy. Pitch with more urgency. That's, those are the, a lot of the things that we did quickly. And we had, you know, kangaroo court, which made it fun. And really, we put, we put it on the players. If you're rewarded, you will get rewarded. If you don't, then you will be fined and you will learn from your mistakes. That's how we brought camaraderie back together. And we had one heck of a team party at the end of the season and enjoyed a World Series afterwards. There it is. You're probably one of those leaders of, uh, you know, pitching in for the kangaroo court, though, right? 
I was one of the judges. Yeah, I remember, the, I remember you telling us this story before about one of the judges. That's right. Judge Bazio. There it is. Judge Judy, Judge Bazio. It, it kind of reminds me of a story. I believe it was Reggie Jackson years ago when uh, the Yankees got off to a start that wasn't that great, and he said, sometimes you got to back up to get a running start. There you go. You know it. There you go. Yep. All right, man. How's your Final Four bracket doing? Oh, uh, we lost. The Michigan game killed uh, us. We yeah. had we figured figured everybody else was going to be taking Gonzaga and maybe Houston and took a flyer on Michigan and it didn't work out. But it was exciting while it lasted. <laughs> there you go, man. All right, give me the winners. Give me the winners on Saturday. Who's cutting down the nets on Monday? I. I I really think Gonzaga is going to have be really tough. I mean, I don't. I know UCLA's defense is great, but they they really look like uh, you know the Westwood Lakers up there, you know. And you know that's I see how they got that nickname. They got they got eight guys that can run that offense, and they're very talented. That point guard, he might be the first pick in the draft. Yeah, he's he. We got a chance to see quite a bit of him here. So he, he's Suggs is f- phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. And you got Baylor and Houston, man. Battle of Texas in the other game. I'm telling you, don't sleep on those Baylor Bears. Well, we had them as well. I, you know, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with our West Coast bias. I mean, I'm so happy yeah. to see the the Pac-12 get their pound their chest a little bit because you know nobody was talking about them at all. Yeah, that's true. All right, my man, we'll let you go. Uh, get back to some baseball, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, to talking to you some more here. We start looking forward to a 162-game season. Hopefully, knock on wood, COVID-free. All right, guys, take care. There it is, Chris Bazio. Boz's bits. There we go. That's what Boz had back in the day in uh, Green Bay and Appleton. Boz's bits. He's got plenty of bits, I'm telling you. Opening day memories, classic. I mean, who who knew we, we would get a urinal story from Toronto? A frozen urinal story today. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to. <laughs> that's, that's just a nasty thought. That's, that's just nasty all the way around. And and actually, it didn't make that sound because it wouldn't flush. That was a problem with it. So There you go. <laughs> all right, when we come back. You, we, you should have played Frank Zappa's Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. Oh, no, no, let's don't. Let's don't. Let's don't do that. You're talking frozen urinal. It's the same damn thing. <laughs> but wait, the way you put it like that, that's a visual. Oh, because frozen urinal yeah. sounds, sounds so, is so wonderful Oh, yeah, you think appetizing. it's just two are the same, according to you. Exactly. Eating yellow. No, that's, that's, that's fine. Watch out where those huskies go. Don't you eat that yellow snow. It's Zappa, baby. You like your Zappa. All right. We'll go to some warm country, Tampa Bay, when we come back. TJ Reeves, join us. We will uh, talk to him uh, regarding the Final Four, the Tampa Bay Rays, and also news coming out of Buccaneers land. Somebody just uh, got uh, under the knife. So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. T.C. Martin Show on a thunderous Thursday. Happy opening day. All right, let me put some water on your ball. More from the master debater. The doctor, T.C. Martin. You'll never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. Time to get on over to any of the William Hill Sportsbook properties. Get that mobile app. You got to do it. It's March Madness. 
We're still here. Saturday, Final Four, Championship Game Monday. Oh, do I remember? Do I remember what Michigan did to me the other night? No! Mobile app, that's why you need the in-game wagering so you can hedge off a little bit. Lucky there, but not enough. Anyway, still crying my woes. Get the William Hill mobile app. Download it on your phone first and foremost. When you open a new account, deposit at least $50 into it. Bam, they'll give you free money, an additional $50. they are going to match it. That's free money to play with, and you need free money to play with. Play with house money. That's what they say. Go to the Cosmopolitan or any of the William Hill Sportsbook properties, the kiosks around town, the William Hill mobile app. Definitely the app to get and have some fun as we get ready for a little March Madness continued on here Saturday, Final Four. Because, of course, March Madness goes into April. Yeah, it does. Of course. <laughs> right. That's not even April Fool's thing. No, can't, it's, can't, it's, can't it's reality. All right. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the madness, about baseball, and who knows what else with our good friend from Champa Bay, T.J. Reeves in the sunshine. What's going on, my man? Always good to be with Initials Brother from Another Mother. Uh, By the way, Numchuck was bribing me for $50, I think, to get Champa Bay squeezed in somehow, and you introed with me. So I'm I'm good. I don't have to pay him off. That's a good thing listen, here on a Thursday. Listen, let me tell you the real deal. Okay, he's not telling you this right now. Someone in like you can relate to this because you are in the TC Martin show March Madness pool. He's trying to get right. fifty bucks out of you because of the thirty-eight people that we have in the madness, thirty-seven have paid. Who do you think is the one guy who hasn't paid, T.J. Reeves? Take a wild guess. The last deadbeat remains, and uh, he's not dinging the bell. I don't hear the bell dinging. No. And, he's like, and how many entries does he have? Is it like 150 or 250 bucks? Is he in it five times to be dead last? Come on, Numchuck, in the, in the pool. Come on. There it is. I mean, he, he has no shot. And you know what he says? Says the other day on the air, well, I didn't know I had to pay. What? <laughs> TJ, explain to him how this works, please. He he is just being like a typical Las Vegas high roller that, that you know comes in and wants all the preferential treatment and wants the velvet ropes to part and be in all the best uh, seats for all the best events and have all the, the best food. And then, wait a minute, I actually have to pay for some of this? Oh, I he, can totally understand that. So he, want, he wants a marker or he wants a comp. That's what you're saying. He, he, he deserves a comp. Like when we go out to, you know, to our f- favorite restaurants or hotels and casinos, yeah, right. we, we get the comp or, you know. When you're on the arm. Yeah. 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 You're on the arm. On you're the taken arm. care of. That's exactly. good. That's good. The power of the pen. That's right. Unbelievable. $50. What kind of suite does that get you? The sidewalk out front? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, this guy spends more than that on, on T-shirts weekly. You know what I'm saying? Dinner. They're not a sponsor, but dinner at Outback on Numchuck, everybody. 50 bucks. We're ready. Mm. We're ready in my house. We would eat that right now. Hey, hey, I, th- I had the creamy onion soup again last week. Oh, my goodness, T.J. Reeves. You know how I feel about the original walkabout soup, mate. Love it. I understand. I understand. Uh, but, again, as we often have, we've already digressed. I do not believe these are the things you brought me on to talk about or discuss which way do you want to travel with March Madness going on and baseball wow. starting? I, what I ju- about it? I just had the flashback of, of Jack Nicholson there uh, on the witness stand again. You just said it right there. <laughs> and you do it so well, so go ahead. You already teased me. Now go ahead and please What do you me. want to talk about next, my favorite color? <laughs> That's one of those things. Uh, yeah, I, I, you will get me quoting this movie, and I will quote it for the next two days. So please don't start 
with I eat breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who are trained to kill me. Don't think you could come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous. <laughs> opening Just day sure. memory for you, my friend. Opening, Give me a, a great opening day memory as a whatever, a kid, a broadcaster, sure. uh, covering it. Talk How to me. How about this? All right, here we go. Uh, now, hold on, you got, hold on, 20. hold on. Can I, can I interrupt yeah, you? Yeah, go. Let me interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to remember what you're following here. You're following Chris Bosio, who gave us the frozen urinal story at Exhibition <laughs> Stadium in the visitors' dugout. <laughs> I don't know if you could top that, but go ahead. Well, I don't know. They may have topped it in Detroit today. If you have not seen the yes. highlights on the internet and elsewhere, when Miguel Cabrera hit the first home run, it looked like he did it at Lambeau Field in January in a playoff game against Aaron Rodgers. So they may have had a frozen urinal there as well. Uh, 23 years ago yesterday, March the 31st, 1998, two years away from the millennium, the Tampa Bay then Devil Rays played the first game in franchise history speaking of the tigers against the detroit tigers and in the words of cosell because you love it when i do cosell on the tc martin show i remember because i was there (laughs) i was there uh, as the rays played their first ever major league baseball game at what is tropicana field what is still tropicana field the home of the of the rays in st petersburg uh, and, of course, for the first decade, they were the lovable, bumbling losers. They lost the opening day game that day. But still, it was it was quite the moment and a need to have uh, baseball in Tampa Bay. I remember uh, Wade Boggs, uh, the Hall of Famer, Fred McGriff, who should be in the Hall of Fame, Tampa products. They were on the Rays. They had come to the Rays as part of the expansion draft or free agency, uh, et cetera. So that one is number one because there's, there's never going to be another first time for something like that, and, and you can't get over uh, how much buzz there was, how many fans there were. Ted Williams was in a group of people that threw out the first pitch. It was really cool. So that's a, that's a great man. And obviously, Bazio was a pitching coach at one point for the Rays. Uh, I can't remember. I don't think he was initially uh, part of that uh, Rays staff. Larry Rothschild is a, is a longtime pitching coach. He was the initial manager, but I don't think Bazio was on that staff in 98. As a as a um, as a coach or not, um, and then I have another fun one, another sentimental sappy one, which is just a couple of years ago. It just popped up on my my Facebook memories. I think two days ago, it was opening day, and I was there with my father, the grandfather of the twins, uh, the twins, and I, and we were all in Ray stuff, and we were hanging out with you know thirty three hundred of our other closest friends on opening day for a Rays game twenty three years later twenty you know twenty one years later and it was fun to be on opening day with my daughters and my father for the Rays and against somebody I don't even know who it was and they clobbered them. They beat them okay. by like ten to nothing and we left in like the sixth inning. So, so it go. should a couple it's, of opening day members. It should have been against Minnesota since you had the twins there. There you go. Exactly that would have been ideal but I cannot honestly remember if it was them or if they beat the daylights out of the cheating Astros. I don't know who it was that day, but they clobbered them. Okay, so I don't want to rain on your parade and bag on you because, again, it's Tampa Bay, and you guys really didn't have any baseball period. But really, come on. Indoor baseball. Indoor baseball, your guys are all excited. And 3,300 people a couple years ago, that's not opening day. In 1998, opening day at Tropicana Field, that place is still a toilet. It's still a mess. You know what I'm saying? 
I mean, come it's on. Air conditioned. You got to understand this. It's air conditioned. March thirtieth, March thirty first. You don't need air conditioning. Well, Look. yeah, but March thirty first, you might need heat. Just to ask them in Detroit or Cincinnati or Chicago right. or right. Wrigley, wherever they're playing right now. Indoor baseball. Cold. Not a fan of indoor baseball. Didn't like it in the Kingdome. Definitely didn't like it in the Orange Juice Pavilion that you have over there. It, it might be a toilet, but at least the urinals aren't frozen. That's a good point. <laughs> That's very true. Good one on that, Frank. But look, I, I have I understand why some are opposed to this, but I, I also empathize not sitting. I mean, like for example, when you go to Texas, okay, Texas for so many years had the open air uh, the stadium, the ballpark in Arlington, and I, I was there on more than one occasion in the summer, even at night, where it's 95 degrees at night. So what have the Rangers done? They've done they've gone the retractable roof, the same thing that Houston has, the same thing that Arizona has. So that when it's 131 degrees in June and July and August, just like it is in Vegas, by the way, you can close the roof and have air conditioning. I don't hear you besmirching these teams that have the retractable roofs. I mean, you're just taking cheap shots at the American League champion Rays about the ballpark hey. because you can't knock the product on the field, T.C. Martin. Listen, man, I, I just, in the last segment, was praising the retractable roof in Miller Park because when I was living there in Green Bay, I had to make the trip every opening day and go cover it and do remotes there, and I'm driving in a snowstorm, and then <laughs> I go inside, and everyone's in, shir- in short sleeves. They're, they're doing the tailgating in the parking lot, for a West Coast guy like me, I wasn't used to that, TJ. you got to understand that. So I was actually praising the retractable roof. So what you're saying is as long as it serves your benefit and your purpose to get you out of the shivering cold, retractable, you're fine with baseball. Retractable. You have never met a situation with a ballpark that you couldn't waffle on like a politician is what you're saying. Because as long as it benefited you for a little warmth, you were fine with indoor baseball. Good, well put, my friend. But, hey, retractable is nice because on the nice days, you have the roof open. You know, that's where it's nice. And, again, it, you know, there's nothing like open-air baseball. You know that. I cannot, I, I cannot stress to you enough that I have lived in this market now for almost – 38 years. This is the 38th year that we've been here. When they built Tropicana Field, all right, initially, they were warned over and over again not to build it. They, they built like the erector set version, and the place was outdated like a year and a half after they built it. So I'm on board that it should have been a retractable roof, but nobody was thinking about that in 1989 and 1990. <laughs> we have what we have, brother. Uh, but the thing is outdated now. As I'm saying, you move on with the times, and now you guys are relevant. You're relevant. Get a new ballpark. You've talked about it forever down there. Get rid of that orange juice shack. Right. Get rid of it. Okay, we got to work on that. Well, got, let me yeah. let me tell you what else is going on. Just real quick, because yes. I know you want to move on. They don't have the games on a lot of people's local TV down here right now, and this is the first day where, for a lot of the Rays fans, the reality has hit them that the regular season opener is going on a Titanic showdown in progress right now between the American League champion Rays and those lovable Miami yeah. Marlins. Was it nil-nil, uh, right? Which it, at last check was scoreless in front of about 7,000 people in Miami, Derek Jeter's team. But we can't see the game because this new Bally Sports, Bally's brought all of the regional sports networks, they don't have deals with about half the homes in Tampa Bay between <laughs> cable, dish network, we're on the Hulu, free plug. They're not on anywhere on any of those. So we're not seeing it. The, the revolution will not be televised, and neither will opening day be televised <laughs> uh, here for the Rays and the Marlins. And we're going to go through this. There's like 135 games 
the on defending, this, this outlet, the defending American League champs. I mean, come <laughs> on. This is what I'm talking about. You're in an orange juice shack that's outdated. You can't even watch the games on television. Exactly. You've got the horrible hats, the logo, the putrid colors. This is horrendous. Fold up and move. Go north. Oh. Go to Canada. Instead of bringing Toronto to Tampa, reverse it. You saw Tom Brady's social media today on Twitter and on Instagram where he was welcoming the new Montreal Rays for 2022 and baseball back to downtown Montreal because he was originally a draft pick of the Montreal Expos okay. back All 25 right. years ago. Yeah. And, of course, everybody had to be reminded of what day it is. Right. You know what? I, I don't even want to hear about the Tampa Bay Rays outlook. We're going to skip on for that right now. And let's talk about Tom Brady breaking news uh, under the knife. And recovering from knee surgery, T.J. Reeves live from whatever hospital that is, uh, <laughs> alongside of the river, wherever they had the Super Bowl boat party. Well, downtown is Tampa General Hospital, ah. and he used to live right across the street from it at Jeter's place, but not anymore. Okay. Uh, the latest, the latest is, is that he had a knee procedure done, and that was back uh, a couple of weeks ago, described as a cleanup. Again, he's forty-three. How much longer is he going to hang in there physically? Not believed to be. Uh, that big of a deal, that big of an issue. Uh, by the way, he's also spoofing about a supposed tattoo, just like Bruce Arians got the Super Bowl tattoo. Will, uh, will likewise Tom Brady have gotten a tattoo? I think that was a pre-April Fool's gag, though. He put that on social media as well. Looked like they're on the calf that he had a tattoo of Bruce Arians. Looked very airbrushed to me, but Brady's knee should be fine. We have, we have the update on that. Well, and if Tom Brady had tattoos of every Super Bowl he had, his whole body would be nothing but Super Bowl tattoos. <laughs> he looked like Rodman. Yeah, he right. looked like Rodman or one of the rock guys. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Final four. Give us your thoughts here. Uh, amazing that this tournament never disappoints with the drama, with the upsets, with the craziness. Uh, let me break it down scientifically for you. The Twins, for the first time, have really become engaged in the brackets, and I should have had them fill out my bracket in the T.C. Martin High Rollers pool that Numbshuck has still not paid the entry fee for. So they, anyway, they're in a family bracket, my wife, me, them, my father, exclusive bracket. One of the Twins had Alabama going all the way to win the whole thing, and they know very little about it, but that also makes them at the same time dangerous in the bracket. So that UCLA game last Sunday night, which I know Tracy Murray was going crazy. Who else you got? Don McClain on your show, et cetera, et cetera. They, they were going crazy for a lot of reasons. But we came unglued like the whole state of Alabama did when that three-pointer went in at the buzzer to force overtime because the one twin was still going to be alive to win the championship in her bracket, and unfortunately UCLA put it on them. And the job that they are doing uh, with beating Alabama, beating Michigan, I know I heard you be moaning Yet another misfire from the T.C. Martin bankroll on taking Michigan the other night. you got to give UCLA a lot of credit. And I know everybody believes that Gonzaga's just going to roll over them and smoke them, and that's likely what's going to happen. But something says to me UCLA may hang around in this game. And if it's close, T.C., Frank, and company, Gonzaga hasn't played a close game, really, at all this calendar year. Not a possession by possession, you know, one minute to go, free throws, key Key possession, key timeout needed. They haven't played one of those. What's going to happen if that happens Saturday night late? I know the prevailing thought is Gonzaga kills them. All I'm saying is just be careful here because UCLA found a way to beat Alabama and Michigan in the final minute or the overtime and get it done. Yeah, that will happen probably Monday. Okay, I don't think it's going to happen Saturday, but Monday they're going to be in a ball game. There's no question about that, especially if it's the Baylor Bears. 
Do you agree with me that, that it's not unlike a Mike Tyson first round back in the day? If UCLA survives the first five or six minutes not being behind by 15 points, like USC, like Gonzaga, I, I think that's big because I think this could be a first-round TKO. This could be quickly again over, and I know UCLA came back. And remember, Alabama scored 11 straight points on them to get the lead. It looked like they were rolling at the beginning of the game. They were up like 11-2 to or 11-3, to and UCLA came back. This is not Alabama with the depth and the firepower that Gonzaga has. You can't fall behind by 10 early or 15 early and expect you're going to come back on that. No, I think it's going to be a KO very similar to the USC situation because USC was ill-prepared. They thought they were going to sit in a zone. Gonzaga just played beautifully against that zone. Uh, they, they, they found the gaps. They moved the ball. They, they had the cuts uh, to the open area. Uh, it, it looked like a Globetrotters game. I mean, they were sharing the ball. <laughs> Seriously, it really looked yeah. that way to me. 7 nothing, 25-8, to eight, you know, 49-30 halftime. Boom, game over. I think UCLA, it, they'll slow it down a little bit, uh, and they'll play some pretty good defense, but UCLA just does not have that firepower to match up. They don't have a, a deep bench at all. They don't have the inside presence. Riley will probably get in foul trouble again. So it's probably a little bit more competitive for a little bit while. But really, remember, I mean, USC was, was better than UCLA uh, you know, during the course of the year. But I just think the magic uh, ends. I thought the Oregon State magic would end when it did. I thought the USC magic ended when it did. And now the UCLA magic is going to end. But I, I think if you want to lay 13, 13 and a half, I'm not going to uh, you know, berate you. You're going to take UCLA plus 13 and a half. Oh, okay, good luck. But I still, you may get there, but this game should be another double-digit victory for the Zags. Incredible. And then they would be one game away, obviously, from the perfect season. The only thing I will say is that I was there. I had the, the privilege of being there for tune-in, national radio coverage, back six years ago when Kentucky rolled into this Final Four in Indianapolis, undefeated, undefeated yep. and Wisconsin got them. Yes. And 30 years ago, 1991, unbeaten defending champion UNLV with Grandmama, uh, Larry Johnson, Stacey Augman and company, rolled into where? Indianapolis, undefeated. And Duke got them. And so there is some mojo maybe about that town and an unbeaten team in the Final Four. And I know Gonzaga's been in the town the whole time because the whole tournament has basically been in Indianapolis. But if you believe in symmetry and omens, it has not been good for the unbeaten team on semifinal Saturday. Who knows? That very good knowledge there. T.J. Reeves coming in with some nice trends in the Indianapolis. <laughs> or were you talking about Annapolis? Make up your mind, Sir Charles. That was of all the commercials, though. That's like the most lame one that yeah. somebody wrote, and they told Barkley and Samuel and Spike Lee, "Hey, uh, sit in the car, do this one." Yeah, it's part of the contract. We're paying you. Just sit in the car, and we'll. And you know what I didn't like about, about that? Here's the worst part about that: Spike Lee needs to shut up. Okay, he's in the back seat. He doesn't need to have that last line. Two different cities, man. We already got that. We know that yeah, it's two we, different. We do get the point. He, he, the, he best one, the best send one. Send the back seat. Put the guy in the trunk. We didn't need to hear him in that commercial. The the best one is the Magic Johnson one, the new one, with Jim Nance laying sideways in the Magic Box going, Jim Nance signing off. That one is tremendous. So that that one was well That's not bad. How do you feel about the bird bath? You okay with the bird bath? The bird. I call? love the bird. I love Larry Bird. I love Larry Bird all along. So I love the one-liners with all that and the big picture of Larry Bird on the wall. That makes that makes that one. Anything that can keep the Lily ads off, because my goodness, 
I think she's being paid about $57, speaking of nunchuck, for every ad, because there have been a field of 68 that have been 68 lily ads. There it is. There it is, T.J. Reeves. There it is. But we know the greatest commercial of all time uh, and should win an award here for March Madness in in, in any sport, and we've seen it probably 1,672 times. You know who we're talking about. The stars, ladies and gentlemen, of Tag Team back again. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Right, the... uh... The scoop there it is with the ice cream. My, my, my twins are singing along to that song, and I have to contemplate with my wife that when we got married now 25 years ago, that song was popular. Nobody under the age of 20 has any idea about that song until recently in those commercials oh, for I, Scoop There It Is I, with the ice cream. Outstanding. I mean, just the, the acting, the writing, everything, just a to perfection <laughs> there. There we go, T.J. Reeves. Sprinkles! It's probably getting them bookings all over the place, kind of like Run DMC. And it's revived their career, Frank. Yeah. Absolutely. Run There's DMC. a generation that has no idea who those guys are, and they're back because they're singing about ice cream in a car. <laughs> insurance commercial beautiful run dmc revived aerosmith's career years ago when they did walk this way i'm, I'm with you i remember on mtv but by i remember the, all of this but by the way as far as him saying that it's two different cities is that annoying to everybody or does it say something about the, the advertisers think about the average intelligence of people in this country I think, again, it was one of those where somebody was maybe writing it on a napkin on the fly and told them, hey, sit down in the, in the car behind the green screen and make this up, and, and they went and did it. But uh, needless to say, those guys are making some serious coin because, uh, again, Capital One spends a ton of money to televise, obviously, all of those ads. I still remember I saw Samuel L. Jackson at the Final Four in the airport in New Orleans. This is now like a 10-year-old story. I think that was Kentucky 2011, and he was – he was trying to get to his plane. I was getting off a plane going somewhere else. He had people, you know, trying to get around him to get an autograph. He's, like, fighting through, uh, like, he, like he's trying to get to the locker room after a championship win, and he's trying to fight through the people. And all I did was just yell, Samuel, down the, uh, the, the uh, jetway there. So uh, that was my brush with Samuel Jackson. There. French vanilla, rocky road, baby. That's all I got to say. It's time to go. <laughs> TJ Reeves, my man, from Champa Bay. We will talk to you next week. Promise that, boy. Chocolate, chocolate. Sprinkle!